Welcome to Thrive Beyond Pornography, the podcast where real couples like us candidly navigate the journey to a healthier, more connected life. Join us as we share personal experiences, expert insights, and practical tips to help you thrive in your relationships and break free. Together, let's repair and build a rock-solid connection, becoming a couple that can overcome any challenge. I'm Zach. And I'm Darcy. Did you know that pornography doesn't have to destroy you or your marriage? We're the parents of eight active members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and we love to help people just like you. We're here to share hope and healing as we take you through our journey and the journeys of our amazing clients to greater joy and love. Come grow with us to a happier, more meaningful life. Welcome Welcome to to the the Self Mastery Podcast. Podcast. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another beautiful Mastery Monday here on the Self Mastery Podcast. I'm your host, Zach Spafford, and Darcy is joining me today. Hey. Hi, guys. Do you want to talk about our party this weekend? Oh, yeah. All right. So tonight we're going to talk about, well, I mean, you're probably listening to this tomorrow morning, but (laughs) (laughs) Uh, we're going to talk about how much power you give the random strangers in Las Vegas. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, you soon will. On Friday, we had tickets to see Jim Jim Gaffigan in Las Vegas. Zach surprised me. Yeah, and he planned this all yeah. on his own. I know, like I'm a I'm like a legit grown person now. And I and I kind of <laughs> found out about it because our almost ten year old was like, "Puppy, puppy, are you going to do the surprise today at three, or is that tomorrow?" <laughs> I'm like, every everybody in the room except for Darcy's like. What? What? <laughs> why Why are you t- saying that? They were kind of, actually, they were throwing shade at him. They were like, shh, shut it. Yeah, I so, was saying what? Yeah, Darcy was saying what? And everybody was like, Bergs. Anyhow, so I was really looking forward to this. I think you were too. Were you looking forward to it? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It was going to be good. Unfortunately, Mr. Gaffigan got COVID, and I was very disappointed. And we didn't find out that the show was canceled. Until we were already on our way there. We were like, oh, it's an 8 o'clock showing, and we were maybe... We were one left turn away. Yeah, Uh, which really stunk. So we decided to go to another show. Uh, So I went to the bathroom, and then Darcy and my friends and our friends, they kind of put their heads together, and they picked Penn & Teller. (laughs) It was okay. Yeah. It was okay. I don't think it was worth the two hundred and thirty-one dollars. Yeah, personally. I mean, it was cool. I, I think the the it was good magic. It wasn't great, but it was good magic. Yeah. Um, and it was kind of neat to see people that were famous, that are famous. I guess they have a TV show. So yeah. So we went to dinner first. So we left here in St. George at three o'clock, which you know you pick up an hour on the way. And we went to dinner at, and then we went shopping at Trader Joe's. Because they have one there, and we don't want to have one here in St. George. So if you're listening to this right now and you have any clout with the Trader Joe's people, please let us have one here. <laughs> uh, it really stinks having our, to drive two hours to get balsamic had, glaze and yeah, tomato, tomato soup. soup. That's really, yeah. And, <laughs> and Pirate's uh, Booty. Pirate's Booty, yeah. And our friends had never been there, so it was kind of neat to... Go with them. them. I mean, it's a grocery store, so it's not entirely all that exciting. <laughs> but that's that's how that's how you know how old we are is that it, it was a grocery store and we were excited to go to it. We had dinner and then we uh, went to Trader Joe's and then we were on our way to the show and we found out it was canceled and we picked Penn and Teller to go and entertain ourselves. We headed over to the Rio where the Penn and Teller Theater is, and we were about an hour early, so we started. We decided to hang out in the parking lot since none of us gamble. I mean, it was like, hey, do you guys want to go inside the casino? No, not really. 
It smelled like smoke. It smelled like smoke, and you know you can still smoke inside in Las Vegas. So we were like, eh, whatever. But as we sat in the parking lot, we got the the real show before the show. So to our, it was a little bit of a surprise. We found that the Rio parking lot was so the Rio is the name of the casino. It, it was the shuttle area for everybody who was going to this outdoor music festival that features electronic dance music. I don't know if you guys know what this is. We did not. Oh, I did not. Except for the people at Trader <laughs> Joe's asked us if that's why we were in town. Yeah, and I was like, do you not see how old I am? We um, have gray hair. <laughs> Clearly, we're not going there. And and so this is a music festival called the Electronic Daisy Carnival. Don't Google it. It's not worth your time. So from what I can tell, this is a music festival where all the women dress in their absolutely most revealing clothes or lack thereof, and the men dress up in the same thing that they would wear to go play basketball. Is that is that an, a fair assessment, Darce? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Very fair assessment. So this was an amazing opportunity for us to practice what we preach here on the podcast and the same things that we, you know, help people work on and, you know, in the membership and in our individual coaching for Darcy, for the wives and me, for uh, the men or, or, you know, whoever's struggling with pornography anyway. And it was, I thought it was a really good opportunity to, to practice what we preach. Yeah. All the stuff we teach in the membership, all the stuff that we coach people on, this was... And just the things we teach here on the podcast. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. So we would like to share a little bit of our experience with you and a few tips on how you can thrive as individuals and couples when life offers you an experience like the one that we had on Friday. And I am almost certain that... If you live a normal everyday life, you will never experience <laughs> what we experienced on Friday night. It was, it was, uh, yeah. It because was, I'll be honest, I, I, I literally thought it was illegal to dress like that in public. Yeah, so. it was a lot. It was a lot of everything. So let's start with you, Dars. What is what was what was the first thing that you saw there, or what was the first thought that you had about this? Just because someone is showing off their body doesn't necessarily mean that your partner is sexualizing it. And in years past, I'm telling you, this experience would have been incredibly triggering for me. I literally would not have been able to handle myself, let alone have fun and enjoy my evening. So just to give you a little bit of a, a background to what was going on is we were sitting in this car and we were just talking with our friends and we were having a great time and we were laughing and, you know, they are big fans of like self-help and JFF and just the work that we do. And, and so we were just talking and having great conversation. And that's pretty much how it always is when we are with these friends. And then all of the sudden people started flocking into this parking lot yeah, we were By there. Like, <laughs> we were there, and we didn't see any of these people. Yeah. And then, and then all of a sudden, there was like person after person after person just walking past. And, you know, originally, we were like, what is this? And then we looked over, and we saw that, oh, this is the shuttle parking for that thing that the guy at Trader Joe's was talking about. How random is that? Because that was literally like 25 minutes away from where we currently were sitting in this parking lot. And anyway, so these people that were walking by were dressed in a way that I have never seen 
anybody dressed in unless public. yes ever yeah really yeah <laughs> I, mean, I guess that's true <laughs> it was not i mean i i think you can see it on the internet but well like, yeah you've never i never seen it like in real life yeah i've never seen it in real life right i guess what i'm saying in public i've never seen anyone dressed in the way that these women were or basically dressed. not dressed yes not dressed <laughs> i mean like i would maybe wear some of the things behind closed doors but that's about it right and so it it was just it, I don't know how to explain it, but it was kind of shocking, right? Kind of like, whoa, where are we? And then it became this experience where uh, Zach and I and our two friends just, we like noticed what was happening, right? Because it was hard to miss. But then we just kind of talked about it in just a very nonchalant um non-sexually yeah or sorry not non-sexually non-sexual way and it was it was kind of fascinating to see how we were all able to see these bodies and recognize these bodies more from an objective point of view um which is not to say objectifying no just like objectively like oh there's people there's women there's some butts, right? Oh, wow, there's some breast with just pasties on, right? So, and these were experiences that obviously this is not anything that we've ever experienced in our entire lives. Our friends go to Hawaii a lot, and so they... They see a bit more. They see a bit more people dress like that, but not to this extent either. And and so we were just talking like, wow, this is really interesting that... You know, and we looked at it more from like, well, they are dressed in a, as like characters, and this is the character that they chose to go to this event in. And it kind of, I don't know how to explain it. It was kind of like, because we were sitting in this parked car, and these people were in front of us just walking, and, and the, none of these people were like up close and personal. They were probably like, what, like a soccer field away? No, well, I mean, I mean the, like the closest people were probably 50 yards away. Yeah, I'm not good at yards, but they weren't like right next to us, right? They were far enough in they the distance. They were five car lengths in front of us. Yes. Maybe less. Yeah, that it wasn't like we were right there, but it was, it was kind of like they were on a stage and they were walking across the stage of our minds. And... As they walked, it was like, okay, yeah, I noticed them. They're going across the stage. And then as they passed our sight, they were gone. And it wasn't it wasn't like there was obsessing about it. There wasn't, um, I, I guess for me, it wasn't like I was freaking out about it. Because in the past, I'm telling you, I would have just not been able to handle myself. Um, it was like a physical representation of letting something come into your mind and allowing it to move off on its own. And they came and then they went one after another. And really, objectively, we were able to notice them like, oh, wow, that's an interesting costume. Oh, never seen that before. Right. Like it was just we were noticing, but we weren't sexualizing. And in the past, I would have been on high alert. Like I would have been trying to control 
what Zach was seeing. I would have been trying to distract uh, my friend's husband because (laughs) years ago we actually went to Vegas to pick up a vehicle that they had bought. And there was they bought a Tesla and it was stupid. Yeah, they sold it. (laughs) But there was like some people buy this big fountain. Yeah. And I remember like distracting the men like from that. So it was totally different than that. And I'm going to be honest with you. I wasn't like at level zero of calm. I was probably like a one. On a scale of? Ten. Two? No. (laughs) No. On a scale of ten. But I'm telling you in the past, on a scale of one to ten, I would have been a 100. This experience was so different than what we had had in the past. In the past, this would have been a point where it created a ton of tension. It totally would have ruined the night. Yeah, it it would have been a lot of tension. And we let that happen. We let Penn and Taylor do that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, they're going to feel sad if they hear this. I don't think they're listening, though. Probably not. (laughs) But it was... It was interesting to be able to be at that point where we could we could talk about what we were seeing and we could joke about it. And really, we were just we weren't making it more than what it actually was, which which was just people dressed in very little clothing walking past the stage of our life. Yeah. So for me, I think the first thing that I could, you know, as I as I go back and I think about it, it was just that. Just because there is a nearly naked body, that doesn't mean there's a problem. And in the past, I would have had to pretend that I'm not seeing this, <laughs> right? I would have been like, oh, oh yeah, see the nakedness. And I wouldn't have been able to mention anything. I w- like, me saying, hey, there's this thing would not have happened. And, you know, if I had said anything, um, that would have been, uh, you know, an elevation in the problem. I would not have been able to relax myself. And that I think is a is a dishonest position inherently. The idea that I can't say something about what I'm seeing, because you know me pretending that I don't see this is that's just not even being real. That's not being a human, and that's not existing in the same plane as all this other stuff, right? Indicating that I was seeing anything would have obviously created, I think, a greater tension. But there would have there would have already been a lot of tension anyway. So it would have been like, I'm either going to pretend that I don't see this and there's tension, or I'm going to say something and then there's greater tension, which I think... Or this, you're going to pretend that you don't see it and be thinking about it yeah. because you're trying to not think about right. it. And I think that would have created an entirely fake moment. you know. And then at, at the end of the night, I would have waited for the questions from Darcy... What were you looking at? Um, were you, you know, were you fantasizing about that? Were you wishing I wasn't there so you could just gawk? Is, is there going to, is this going to lead to something? Yeah. Is this going to be a problem? Is this going to be a problem? Yeah. And this experience for me was the opposite of that. It was, this is the, you know, it was me and Darcy and our friends. We were just talking. We didn't make, you know, what was happening necessarily the focus of our conversation, but we also didn't not talk about it. Mm-hmm. We didn't freak out and say, oh, you know, we got to move the car or whatever. Yeah, and, and it wasn't like we were, it wasn't like any of us were pretending that we didn't see what we just saw. I mean, I don't know how you could have. <laughs> but it also, I, I don't know how to explain it. It also wasn't like we were checking it out either. It yeah. was just like they were walking by 
and we saw them for a split second. It was, it was and then as they if it gone. was as if they had all been dressed in suits and ties and um, evening gowns. Yeah. Well, and it was I think partly because we weren't bringing so much energy to what it was we were seeing. It wasn't anything that created a bunch of anxiety. One of the main things I realized was that I don't have to give my power and all of my emotional energy and angst to random strangers that are just passing by. I kind of mentioned this before, but in the past, I would not have been able to be present. I would not have been able to sit in this car and have an amazing conversation with our friends while also noticing these people walking across the stage of my mind. Uh, there, In the past, there would not have been laughing and joking. This would have felt like a threat, a personalized threat against myself, my marriage, Zach, all of the things. It, um, you, it, I, you, you said earlier, you were like, this would be like life and death. Yeah, yeah, totally. That's how bad it would have been. Yeah. The way I didn't give away my power was by realizing that I don't have any control over this situation and over what I'm seeing, and neither does Zach. Also, realizing that this is legal, that was, I was like, wow, this is legal. Okay, I would have never thought this was legal in public, but I guess that's how it is when you live a relatively sheltered life, I guess. Um, and these people were dressed for the moment, right? They, this, it was apparent that this was the costumes that you wore to this event. Which I think is so funny because the women were like dressed, like they had put a lot of energy into these costumes. And the men, I kid you not, we saw maybe two or three, but the overwhelming majority of the men looked like they literally walked out of their mother's basement. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think that, you know, it's just... A, a powerful reminder of how much we do sexualize women. Yeah. Right. Because here, you know, the same event, these women were basically naked and the men were fully dressed. Not only fully dressed, but dressed like slobs. Like, yeah. I kid you not, so many of these men looked like they were wearing basketball shorts and t shirts and scruffy sneakers. Like they were going to play church ball and maybe not church ball, but basketball, wherever, whatever. <laughs> right. Like they were not dressed as though this was some cool event, like the way the women were. It was insane to me. Yeah. And, and I think it's powerful to realize that, yeah, I personally would not wear that. But clearly these women that are walking past are wearing that. They chose to wear that and they have the right to choose to wear that. Um, in, in the past, I would have been angry. I would have been, I would have felt like, why are these women trying to threaten my marriage, to threaten the safety of, of my life? Right. Where on Friday night, it was more like, okay, I guess this is what they do. And that's okay with me. Like it, it wasn't, I didn't feel like it was my job to try and police and control what these random strangers were choosing to wear on this Friday evening. Well, and you couldn't have, right? And that, I think that's part of not giving away your power. So often 
I think a huge component of the of the discussion is well, if only these people, and we're going to talk about this a little bit later, but not giving away your power is not spending, not letting these people live rent free in your head. Well, yeah, and and it really just comes down to okay, I'm in this situation. This is happening. How much power of my personal power do I want to give over to these strangers that are walking by? And it, it was powerful to realize that I can be present in this moment. I don't have to be the victim of what these people are wearing. And I could still have an amazing evening with my husband and our friends. Yeah. And we were able to joke and, and it wasn't like they were the focus of the thing, but it was like, we were talking, we were having our conversation. You know, you would see somebody be like, oh, wow, look what that person's wearing. That's a crazy outfit. And, and granted, there were some people that were dressed, you know, more normal. Yeah. But the, the, most of the majority of the people were not. Yeah. Which I think that's the funny thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, for me... One of the biggest components that I found interesting was that I'm not going to allow myself to be in trouble for something that was not in my control. Yeah. That I didn't have anything to do. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. I just wanted to go back. Like In years past, especially with these friends that we were with, um, we certainly would have decided to move the car. We would have changed our plans in order to avoid what was what was happening in in front of us 50 yards away. Yeah. But instead, I felt like it was so much more powerful to be able to sit there in this moment, have a great time and not allow these strangers to dictate what it was that we were going to do. Yeah. And well, and I mean back to what I was talking about not letting them dictate whether or not I was in trouble because you would get mad. Yeah. And, and that was always a kind of a big thing in the past. You know, I would have given my power away to Darcy. I would have said, you know, this crowd is not acceptable. And, you know, she would basically say, well, this is how we're going to behave. And I would, you know, I'd put myself in this one down kind of run away from the trouble situation. And instead you know, I just made comments and I acknowledged what I was seeing because I was living a real experience. And in past years, I would have put myself in a position where I would let Darcy guide the choices and the conversation while trying to manage my eyeballs, right? So she would be trying to manage my eyeballs. I would be trying to manage my eyeballs. And instead, I chose to manage myself, not letting what was going on for Darcy to become this paramount uh, issue you know, her anxiety, not enfolding into her anxiety here and let my own experience guide my, guide my process. Because that, that kind of one down, I'm in trouble sort of position, I think is a pretty standard position that we men take when it's pretty clear that the moral high ground lies in never seeing anyone naked or never seeing anyone who is scantily dressed. But the problem is, if we if we inhabit that space, one, we are enfolding into the anxieties of another person, which is a it's a horrible experience. Number two, we're not being real and truthful about what's actually happening here. 
we create this false alternate reality where I'm supposed to be able to fix something that I have no control over. And that is just a miserable, miserable time. I, you know, that was, it would, it would be for me. And you guys are hearing our kids. They're playing outside our door right now. So sorry. I don't, I don't think they can. Maybe hear, you can't hear hopefully them. Hopefully not. But if you can, that's what it is. They're having a tea party. <laughs> yeah. It, with they're so cute. Homemade lemonade, not with tea. Homemade lemonade. <laughs> it's, uh, they're probably making a horrible mess that I'm going to have to clean up, but it is what it is. So the next thought, so, so here are a couple of things. Um, you know, that was our experience, but here's a couple of things that I think that you can do to really make this experience your own and not something that you just hear Zach and Darcy have, but that you and your partner can experience together in those moments where, yeah, you might have freaked out before. Well, and I, and I think it's important to realize that what happened on Friday night I'm, was something that I can't imagine it you would ever... It was a very ever, high level. I mean, this. unless you are literally at a strip club, I can't imagine you and your spouse will <laughs> ever have this experience ever in your life. Unless, this, you might to go to Vegas. Extent. I know, but even in Vegas, I mean, we've been to Vegas a lot. Yeah, we've been and, to Vegas a lot. And never had this the, experience. But, but that is not to say that you don't experience, that people aren't experiencing this on a much smaller level. Well, yeah, that's, what I, that's what I was getting yeah. ready to say. Like, yeah, it won't be this extreme, but it might be just going to you the know, beach. Going to the beach going and someone's wearing a bikini or just someone at the mall that's, Walking you know. past Victoria's Secret. yeah. All of those things. Yeah. I mean, you guys all know the things that are triggering for the, you to the see. The men and the wives right now, they're like, yes, we know. <laughs> <laughs> we all know what experiences <laughs> trigger us. Right. For sure. Okay. So this idea is kind of, it's like a diet term, but the idea of watch your own plate and the way that we can apply this to uh, situations like what we're talking about is that to be clear about what emotions you are dealing with and not engage in guessing or worrying about what issues, thoughts, or feelings your partner is dealing with. Um, a lot of the difficulty we see among couples is when one partner tries to anticipate and then manage the issues that the other one's going to have. So an example of this could be you know, when you're out in public and you walk past Victoria's Secrets and you try and distract your spouse by, you know, pointing out Build-A-Bear that's across the way <laughs> or whatever. And you don't even have children. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. And, and, it, and instead be aware of what's happening for you. Be willing to inspect the feelings you are having and realize that I can't control what my spouse is thinking, feeling, seeing. Yeah. And just acknowledging that, yeah, that's, that's his plate. I, I can't control his plate. I can only control my plate. Yeah, it's, it's like eat your own food. It's what's on your plate, what's, what's the anxiety that's being created for you, and, and looking at that directly instead of trying to manage that anxiety by managing what someone else is doing, mm -hmm. which is a really rough, <laughs> it's like an impossible task. The next thing that we would offer you is to have the hard conversation you know, if, if you need to just be willing to ask, feel free to ask what's going on for your partner. But more than that, what you really need to be able to do is to be willing to talk about your part 
with your partner. So being clear, you know, this is what's on my plate and then being willing to talk about it with your partner. Hey, this is, this is the anxiety that I'm dealing with. This is what's going on in my mind. This is what I'm thinking without expecting your partner, by the way, to fix any of it. This is a really important principle in this, in this particular idea is that if you go to your partner and you say, Hey, let me tell you all my anxiety so you can fix it. One, you're going to have less intimate conversations. And two, you're probably never going to get your stuff fixed because you're putting it back onto your partner instead of dealing with it on your own plate. And to be sure, you need to be clear about what's going on in your mind and your body. So, you know, see, see step one that Darcy just told you about. But if you're not able to be clear about that, you know, take a step back, start to look inside, you know, uh, in, in our membership, we, uh, you know, I teach ACE and I teach about dropping anchor and I teach about uh, NAB, uh, all things that I think I've talked about here on the podcast. But, it, you know, any of those techniques is a great way to get back to, well, what's actually happening for me? It's also really important to acknowledge that your issues are yours. So don't make them about your partner. Realize that whatever I'm feeling right now, whatever anxieties I'm feeling, whatever thoughts, emotions, sensations that come into my body in these moments are mine and that they're not my partner. And they're not for my partner to fix or to solve for. They're for me to deal with. Yeah. I think a lot of people say, you know, if, if only my partner would do X, then it would be better, whatever X is. And we recently had a client who texted us and, you know, she'd been asking for her partner to be honest. And what did she text you, Dars? She just said, you know, since my husband's been working with Zach, it's the first time in our marriage that he's ever been honest with me. However, I still don't feel good. Right. Because I think oftentimes we think that honesty is what we need. And as long as our partner's honest, then everything will be okay. But, but the truth of the matter is, is that just because they're honest doesn't mean that it's going to solve for the feelings that you have inside of you. I think, I think in the long run, everything will be okay. If two things, one, you're able to continue that honest path, but two, you as the person who's hearing that honesty is able to deal with what they're saying. Yeah. If, if you're willing to lean into that conversation, not unfold into their anxieties, not in, you know, not try to fix what it is that they're talking about, but lean into that conversation and acknowledge them as, uh, you know, the, the valuable statements and, and truths of your partner. And this is, this is the path forward. So if you take these three steps, it, you, you can, you can utilize these in any, of these situations where you might previously have been that person who was like, I got to manage my partner's eyeballs or I'm freaking out. Uh, watch your own plate. So if you're the guy and you are worried about what your wife is, and I, I say the guy, meaning the person who has a struggle with pornography, and you're worried about what your partner is thinking and feeling because you think you have to deal with that, take a step back look at your own plate and go, what's going on for me? Uh, number two, have that hard conversation. Be willing to confront the realities in front of you. If you're not willing to do that, you're going to be, you're going to struggle and you're going to continue to struggle. And then the last thing, acknowledge your issues as yours and don't make them about the part your partner. And if you will do those three things, any of these situations, 
and in a lot of situations in, in marriage. And it, it, the reality is, is that this is something you could take into almost every part of your marriage. So feel free to, but you, you acknowledge your issues. Don't make them about your partner. Don't make what's going on for them uh, something that's going to derail you. Absolutely. All right. All right. So to finish this off, we... We asked our friends. Yeah, we asked our friends. We were, we were really curious what their experience was of this situation because this was also an experience in the past that would have been a real real sur- source of anxiety and Yeah, it would have been them. a big deal. Yeah. So this is what our guy friend said. It was a great experience for me. I felt like it was a fun and yet calm, confident atmosphere at which we can say, yep, that's what they're wearing and we don't have to hide or look away because it's just people and bodies. I didn't feel an overwhelming need to look nor an overwhelming need to look away. I didn't hate them like I would have in years past or felt like they were affecting my happiness or my safety. They were humans trying to express themselves and that's totally okay and fair and that is their right to do as they please with their attire. It wasn't about me or about them. What was relevant is I was hanging with my best friends and my wife on a date. And And then then we asked his wife what her experience was. And she said, I agree with him. All the same feelings of not being hyper about what people chose to wear and what that would mean about what he was thinking or how he would act on it later. A lot of those same feelings we have felt on our recent trips to Hawaii. Hawaii used to be a bittersweet vacation for us because it used to mean lots of anxious feelings or acting out later. Now it's so much more calm and doesn't take up headspace of whether to look or to look away. It just is. And I, th- I, th- to me, guys and gals, everybody who's listening to this, this is the encapsulation of the work that we do. It and is taking it from, oh my heck, as they say here in Utah, I had to, I had to try that out. <laughs> <laughs> from this place where this is an amazing anxiety-producing moment to, yep, that's what it is. And we move on and we have a great night and we enjoy each other's company. That to me is amazing. Well, yeah, and, and I think it was just a powerful example of how if you're willing to do this work, if you're willing to do this hard work, these have been our friends for years and years and years, and we know them better than probably anybody. Probably better than their own families. Right? For sure. (laughs) And so it it was just such a powerful, like, I don't know, it was like an encapsulating experience come full circle of the four of us being in this parking lot in the middle of Vegas where people were dressed the way they were or not dressed. dressed. Yeah. And and I think it was just I don't know, it was it really was an amazing experience. And I know that sounds so ridiculous to be like, yeah, it was so amazing <laughs> that we saw these half-naked people keep walking by yes. like hundreds of them. We're not even talking like 5 or 10. We're talking hundreds of people. Busloads and busloads of, of these people, people, okay? But it was just I don't know, it was so fascinating to be able to be in this place where it was it was comical. Yeah. Like it was not a sexual experience. It was not an, an objectifying it destructive. experience. Yeah. It was not a situation where it held all the power 
and that it controlled us and that it ruined our evening. It was really this, I feel like, beautiful opportunity to realize how much progress we've made, how far we've come, how far our friends have come, and just really live what it is that we that we preach, that we teach to, I, I mean, literally to the fullest idea of living yeah. what we preach and teach. I, I don't think it could have been any more than if we had been like dropped at the Playboy Mansion. Well, yeah. And, and, the, and the funny part is, is that, I mean, you might be listening to this and being like, I can't believe you guys stayed there. Why didn't you leave? Like, that's so inappropriate. Like, how would you, why did you subject yourself Some to that? Some people are saying that. Yes. Yes, they totally are. Yeah, I'm, I'm certain of it, but I'm telling you, it was a empowering experience to realize that other people's bodies have no control over me, have no control over my husband, have no control over our best friends. It was just simply bodies expressing themselves in a way that would not be a way I would express myself in public, but it was the way that they were choosing to express themselves in public, and it didn't have to affect us it didn't have to affect our relationship it didn't have to affect our evening our evening and we were able to have a great time and i am certain that this will be a mo- a, a night that we never forget and we talk <laughs> about and joke about for the rest of our lives because never in a million years would i have thought yeah. that the four of us would be sitting in that car in that parking lot experiencing what we were experiencing yeah. no and it even there was even this is a side note, so if you're like, I'm done listening to these people, you can just <laughs> you hang can, up. You can stop now. But if you want to hear a funny story, you know, we're sitting in a minivan, and Zach and I are in the back, and our friends are in the front. And, and the and, door is open on my side. And the door is so open on, the, right-hand on side. the right-hand side. And this couple comes up. The parking spot next to us was empty. And this couple comes up, and they start having An this argument. argument. And I kid you not, I thought... It was like one of those hidden camera experiences, you know, like for 2020 or Dateline where they like put a couple and have them like fight and then see, see if somebody if, steps in. If somebody steps in to like protect the girl or stand up for the girl or, uh, you know, confront the man. It probably was and we totally missed it. I know. We're and probably yeah. going to be on TV and we're going to be like the four people that were in a van laughing instead of helping this poor girl. But it was fascinating because as we sat there and listened to us, because the four of us are totally into self-help and improving relationships and everything. We sat there and we like analyzed what this couple was doing. Like, Oh, here she goes. She's trying to draw him in and Oh, he's trying to be like the one up and she's in the one down position right now. And, and we just analyzed everything that was happening. And at some point, probably like what, five, 10 minutes into their conversation, they moved like two parking, they moved two parking spots over because I think they realized that our van door was open and we were, there were people in the car and we literally heard everything they were talking about. Yeah. And even was, when they moved two spots yeah, over. Yeah, even when they heard. moved, we could still hear it. But yeah, it was just, it was I don't know. Experience. The whole evening was just this opportunity to realize that growth is possible, change is possible, and that you can create an amazing opportunity and experience no matter where you are, even in the worst of situations. Yeah. I agree. Awesome. You guys are awesome. Thanks so much for listening. We love you guys. And if you guys want to come to Vegas and try out all your new skills, just let us know and we'll go with you. <laughs> all right. No, I don't, I don't think it would be something I would sign up for, but, but yeah. <laughs> all right, you guys have a great week.
We'll talk to you next time. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Self Mastery Podcast. Every day, Darcy and I work with amazing men and women to remove pornography from their lives and relationships. If you're ready to take the next step in your journey, let us help you. Sign up for a consult at zackspafford.com slash workwithme, and you can set up some time for you or your spouse to meet with me or with Darcy, and we can help you get started on your self-mastery journey. Thanks for listening to Thrive Beyond Pornography. If you're seeking guidance and support to overcome pornography for good and begin creating a thriving life beyond it, check out my free webinar, How to Overcome Pornography with Skills that Actually Work. You'll learn practical, proven skills guided by an expert coach who has personally overcome pornography. Whether you're getting started for just yourself or along with your spouse, Darcy and I can teach you the tools that will help you put your life on the right path for you. Be sure to check out the show notes for a direct link and... If you could take a moment to leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts, it would mean the world to us. Your reviews play a significant role in helping others discover the show so they can join us on this transformative journey. Thank you for being part of the Thrive Beyond Pornography community. Until our next episode, stay strong, stay focused, and keep thriving.